I want to start off tonight, uh, and, and we started last night, last week, talking about what? Apathy. I want to talk about apathy tonight. So if you have your hand out, we're going to look at apathy, and then we've got some more enemies we're going to look at. Uh, and so what is the definition of apathy? Unconcern or what? I just don't care. Right? And so when you have an apathetic spirit, you are literally, you know, church is not first on your list. <laughs> uh, the things you do for God is not on first place. It's kind of like you do it when it's that day you don't plan properly. Come on, somebody. You don't pray. You don't see the need for prayer. You know, you just do things, what, on the fly. And that's an enemy that has crept into the church today, amen, and has caused a lot of people to feel this way, amen. They feel like, man, you know what, uh, not that they're intending, not that they're literally saying, I don't care, but it, it just, it's, it's, kind of, it's, it's kind of like when you get to the point where you're ready to just give up, amen. You develop an apathetic spirit, and, and one of the things we have to be very mindful of is that it happens to the best of us. Now, we went through and we looked at the seven churches last week. You remember that? And, and some of the things that we looked at last week is that in the seven churches is that they neglected what? Their, the first church neglected what? Their first love. Uh, some of them were sound in doctrine, but guess what? They didn't stand for what's truth, what, what's, what the truth was. And we looked at these seven churches, and we saw that Jesus said, listen, you know, you did all this good stuff, but the one thing you didn't do. There was, all, there was, there was one thing except for one church, all right? Uh, they did not hold fast to the faith. There are different things that they did they, in other words, they gave up. And saints, I want to tell you something. It's easy to give up. Do you hear what I'm saying to you tonight? It's easy to develop an apathetic spirit. Listen, when you have an ap when apathy is set in, you're not going to do things for the glory of God. You're just doing it. And whenever we get to that place in our journey where we stop understanding that everything you do for Christ will last. And what happens to a lot of people in church, y'all, they get apathetic. It creeps in. Listen, you can be apathetic at your job. When you start getting up, going to work, like it does, I don't care anymore. It's just, I'm just doing this. You know, I got to get this paycheck. You know what I mean? Then, then here's the thing. It has no meaning to you anymore. And one of the enemies that creeps into the church is the spiritual apathy. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 4. We'll start there tonight. Amen. Ignorance, unbelief, and now we're talking about apathy. Go to um, 2 Timothy, if you would. 2 Timothy... Paul is writing to a young pastor in the church, and uh, he's sharing with him some wisdom on pastoring. And here he is. Now, this is what happens to a lot of people. Amen? This is what happens to them. If you go to verse 1, Paul is charging Timothy. Uh, Paul is giving Timothy the charge of a pastor. Right? And what he's saying to him, he's saying to him that there will come a time, and I'm about to open up something here for you tonight, where people will no longer want to hear the truth. They will be more attracted to entertainment and feel-good messages rather than the truth. If you become an apathetic listener, oh man, amen. Then remember the seed and the sower. Remember those seeds to talk about good ground, thorny ground, amen, rocky ground, by the way ground. You and I will end up just like that. The word will have no firm root in us. And then here's the thing. If you, listen, 
If it's not in the Bible, you don't want it. Amen. Now, it's, now today what, what's happening, people are packaging up the Bible in a different way. They're putting it in different contexts, and what it's doing is it's causing believers to fall away from the faith. Are you with me? Let's read together. Come on, somebody read for me. Now, notice, Paul is charging Timothy. Deacons, when you took on your responsibilities in the church, you were charged. Amen. Leaders, when you were installed as leaders, you were charged to do a job. In other words, you were deputized. Come on, somebody. Amen. Not demonized, but deputized. Amen. You were deputized, in a sense, to do your job when you took the oath for being a police officer, right? Amen. You were charged with what? With responsibilities, with a duty. And that's what he's saying. He's saying, I'm charging you, Timothy, in the presence of who? God. Go to verse 2 for me. Look, he says, what does he say to him? What does he say to him? That's it. Preach the word. Now, here's what, what happens today. Today, we have left that charge. And oftentimes, it begins in the pulpit and it trickles down to the congregation. Don't preach anything other than the word. You hear what I'm saying here? Don't listen to anything other than the word. People will come, amen, and they will try to give you certain things and certain belief systems and try to frame things a certain way. And, you know, you got all kinds of movements out here today. But Paul charges Timothy and he says, Timothy, what I want you to do is I want you to what? Preach the word. Preach the word. And then what does he say to him? Be what? If you're going to beat an apathetic spirit, you have to be ready at all times. Listen, a lot of people want to preach. Amen. They want to be preachers, but they don't want to prepare. The call to preach is a call to preparation. You don't want nobody standing behind this pulpit speaking to you who just put their message together last night. Are you hearing me? Who did not take the time to study. I say this to, to the seminary all the time. If you're an associate preacher, you should be preparing a message every week, whether you're preaching or not. Here's the reason why. Because if you are prepared, God's going to use you. See, what happens to most preachers, they're waiting to, be, to preach. They're waiting to say, Pastor's going to call me to preach this week. Okay, I'm going to preach this week. And then they want to put a message together. If you develop the discipline of being what? Ready. Are you with me? He says to Timothy, preach the word. Be ready when? In season and what? In season and what? Out of season. So what does that mean? Be ready at all times. You don't get no days off. You don't get no time off of being a preacher. If you call a call to preach is a call to what? I don't get no days off. There are times that I want to disconnect. Come on, somebody. But I understand the seriousness of this call. You know how serious it is? We're feeding people. We're leading people. But not only that, but here's what we're doing. We're reproving people. He says what? Reproof. Do you think people like reproof? You know what happened? How people, now, now that is the preparation for the preacher. Here's the preparation for the people. You ready? Watch this. The pastor or the preacher is to reprove. Nobody wants to be corrected. Everybody wants to be right. But here's what I found out with a lot of people in church. From the time you correct them or reprove them, they get an attitude and then they become apathetic. Come on, somebody. 
Then they want to move from the front row to the middle row. Amen. Then they move from the middle row to the back seat. Because now they're standoffish. They don't, you know, listen, it wasn't me, boo-boo. It was the word. Come on, somebody. The word is what convicts. The word is, that's why he told Timothy, he says, Timothy, here's what I want you to do, man. I want you to preach what? The word. When you're sitting in your chair tonight and you're saying, man, man, that's for me. It's not what I am saying. It's what the word of God is saying. And if, the, and if I can show it to you in scripture, then you ought to say, ouch, amen, or thank you. Amen. Amen. Nobody likes reproving, but the word of God, look what he says. He says, be ready, what, in season? So the preacher has to be ready at all times, at all times. And the people can't wear their feelings on their shoulders. You need to write that down. Some of us are overly sensitive in the body of Christ. We're too sensitive. And so when the word is being preached, it's like, oh, he's talking about me. No, 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 no. We're not. To, I, listen, you're the furthest thing from my mind. What I really am trying to do is to feed you. Are you with me? But if it just so happens that the word comes and it corrects you or it reproves you. Look what it says. Repu- rebuke, reprove, rebuke what? Not just the bad stuff, but look what it says. Exhort. What does it say right there? With what? As a pastor, one of the greatest things, one of the greatest virtues that you must have as a pastor is patience. I didn't learn that until recently. (laughs) You have to wait on God. People don't change overnight. Stop getting frustrated with yourself. Amen. Your change will come eventually. The more you're reproved, the more you're instructed. Listen, don't, don't, don't beat up on yourself just because you don't see things going the way you want to go in your life. Listen, don't get to the point where you start saying, I don't care. You ever, you ever start a diet? Anybody? Has anybody ever started a diet? Right? Everybody in here probably started, right? And watch this. You're like, man, I'm going for it, right? You, you got your mind made up, right? Everything, you, you ready to go, right? And then you, then you go the first week, plan, you're good. Second week, you're good, right? Third week, you're even better. You're like, man, this thing is working, right? But by the fourth week, yeah, kenosis kicked in. <laughs> you know, you, 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 you're saying to yourself, man. And then all of a sudden... All the diligence that you had for that three weeks, it just what? Fades away. It becomes a what? A fad. And then now sitting on your countertop, (laughs) all that stuff you done bought, all those supplements, all those teas and come on somebody, all those drinks and it, look, it's sitting there on top. And look, and you walk by it every day and you say, yeah, I'm going to get to that. See, if you want something to work for you, it takes time. And the one thing that you and I may lack at times, watch this, you ready for this? Is patience. And what happens to us, saints, we move into a to, into a mindset of apathy. Watch this, watch this. Go, go to verse, he says, he says, I want you with great, notice this, right? He didn't say, just say with patience, right? What did he say? With what? Yeah, if you're going to preach, and if you're going to pastor, and if you're going to teach, and if you're going to live as a Christian, you must have, come on and say it, Because you and I will become discouraged. Whenever you start finding yourself discouraged, apathy is right around the corner. 
It is sneaking around the corner, and it's going to bite you, and then you're going to walk by those, it's like you walk by those supplements, and say, I don't care about that no more. Matter of fact, I'm going to throw this stuff in the garbage now. It's, it's done expired. Everything that you done put into it. But listen, you, were, you even went and bought new workout clothes and everything. <laughs> Y'all ain't trying to hear me. Y'all. You know it's serious when you go buy some new workout clothes, right? You, you know what I mean? And then, and then look, and then you're trying your best. They're like, man, why is this working? See, that's the same thing with the word. Right? You're trying to get it. You're trying to get it. But every time it seems like you go up, it seems like the devil keeps pushing back. Right? But remember what I told you. Ignorance is dealt with. Unbelief is dealt with. But now, but now you got this one enemy that's trying to come in on you. And that's that. Listen, don't get to the point where you keep saying, I don't care. Don't ever get to that point. Don't ever get to the point in your Christian life where you start saying, I don't care anymore. I don't care what they do. You care what they do. I don't care. I don't, no, 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 no. Watch this. Go, go to verse 3. Look what he says. He says, for what? It says, for the time will come. Come on, somebody. When they will not endure what? But what? Wanting to have their ears Tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desire. What is he saying? Look what he says. He says, and will turn away their ears from the truth and will turn aside to miss. Let me tell you something. Here's how I know if a person's in, into apathy. They're no longer listening to the word. They're no longer listening to the truth anymore. They're listening to everybody else. They're listening to talk radio. Do you know the, the news stresses you out? Did you know it's just recycled? Yesterday, I was watching a, a live chase on, on, uh, on the news in L.A. I got the LA, app, L.A. news app. I watched them shot a, shoot the, the cops shoot a guy live on television. Now, he was wrong. He pulled out. He was faking like he had a gun. You don't play when they're chasing you. You're going to fake you got a gun. I'm going to kill you. Right. You find what I'm saying? And so here's the thing, y'all. Let me say this to you. The Bible says in the latter times, this is what will happen. Many will turn away their ears from the what? From the truth. Listen, here's how apathy sets in. When you turn your ear away from the truth, when you stop listening to the truth and you start listening to a bunch of junk, five steps to the next level, 23, you know, steps to your destiny and all this other stuff. You know what I mean? Things like that, 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 listen, that has no real basis in the word. I know you want to get better. I know you want a, be, you know, a better life, but here's the thing. You got to fight for that. You got to get down in the trenches and you got to work. And here's the thing. The more you work, the stronger you become. But what he's saying is that in the latter times, people will what? So, so one of the key things that you and I have to pay attention to is that we no longer want to be corrected. We don't no longer want to be encouraged. I've had some people, man, where I've tried to encourage them. Like, I don't want to be encouraged. Like, man, how did you get to that point where you don't even want to be encouraged? You don't understand. I, I, well, maybe I don't. But the next thing is we will turn away from the what? From listening to the truth. What's a myth? A lie. You and I will understand something. Listen to this. Be careful that you're not believing lies. But let me show you something. Go to John chapter 8. Beginning in verse 42. 
So watch this. So what Timothy, what Paul tells Timothy, there's going to come a day, and we live in that day now. Isn't that something? They predicted this over over 2,000 years ago, and we are living in that time now. People don't want the truth, y'all. Why do you think Bible study sometimes is so thin? Why do you think Sunday morning is so thin? When you're preaching the truth, people don't want to hear it because guess what? It requires that you work. Change. And listen, what most people want is a poof change. That's what I call it, a genie in the bottle change. If I can just think myself into change, it'll work. <laughs> Positive thinking. Right? If I think positive, let me, let me ask you, how's that working out for you? But if you start understanding the word and start applying the truth to your life, guess what's going to start happening? Listen, you'll stop lying. Amen. You'll stop cussing. You'll stop cheating. Why? You know why? Because the word of God, you know what the word of God does to you? It reproves you. It what? It rebukes you. Let me add one more R to that. It restrains you. Because the closer you get to Christ, guess what happens to you? You start becoming more like him. Oh, I wish I had somebody. Watch this verse. Read it for me. Jesus said to them, if God were your what? You would what? For I proceed forth and have come from what? For I have not even come on my own initiative, but he sent me. Right? Now, now remember what they're saying, that Jesus claimed to be God. He said, before Abraham, what they're like, has he lost his mind? Right? Now, I'm showing you something. He says, if God were your what? You would what? So a, a, a class sign. People say they love Jesus. They don't. Because if they really loved Jesus, they would obey Jesus. They wouldn't be so apathetic. I don't care anymore. Can I ask you something? Are you just going through a phase right now? Is life so tough? Listen, why do people come to church? You ever think about that? You ever thought about it? You ever put that through your thought pattern? Watch this. People come to church for different reasons. Some people come because they want help. Some people get the help and and they leave. Some people get the help and because they're grateful for the help, they remain. You got it? It's all about what? Motives. So, so, So he says a clear motive, if you love me, you are true, you truly what? If you love me, you will truly belong to me. If God is your father, you would love me. Read on to the next verse. What does it say? Verse 43. Why do you not understand what am I saying? What I'm saying? Is it because you cannot what? What did it say? What did we just read in Timothy? It says in, in the latter times, right? They will stop what? Listening to what? The word. And what is Jesus saying? Jesus is speaking to these Pharisees and he's saying to them, hold on a minute. The reason you can't understand is because you're not hearing my word. You are listening to a bunch of what? Mists. Lies. Read on. Go on. Go on. Go on. Next verse 44. It says, you are of your father, the what? The devil. And you want to do the desires of your father. Watch this. He was a murderer from the beginning. Listen, Satan killed that boy yesterday. I mean, it's a young man. He, okay, he, he got caught up. All he had to do was surrender. But he goes into his bag. He pulls out some gloves and, he, and he's acting like he has a gun. I mean, what's the officer to do? Now, they didn't kill him at first. They shot him in the arm. 
which this is on live television. He fell down, but then he got back up, and then he went back in his bag. I mean, if that's you, what are you thinking? Right. You're thinking what? You're thinking, man, he's going to kill me. If I don't act now, I'm not going to sit there and see, well, let me see if he's going to pull out a gun. <laughs> no, hey, no, sir. No, I got a family to go home to. See, and what Satan has been from the beginning is a murderer. He's the one that killed that young fellow yesterday. About 17, 18 years old. Yeah. He's been the murderer from the beginning. And look what it says. And he does not stand in what? Truth. What is saying, Timothy? They will not listen to the what? The truth. Getting it? Is it coming together? Watch the text. Text says what? Because there is no truth. You can't find any truth in Satan. Ever. Listen, you want to believe that person is real. You, you really want to see good in them. When was the last time you saw good in them? There's no truth in them. See? And as much as you try to help them, if there's no truth in them, you can't help them. But God can if they want the truth. But when apathy sets in, it's stage number three. You're getting ready to say to heck with all of this. I'm done. And I've watched members do that because of the pressures of life. We get to the place where we say, you know what? I'm done with this. I want a quick fix. Watch the text. The text says what? Whenever he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own what? Nature. For he is a liar. This is where I was trying to get to right here. And, and this is what you got to understand about Satan. Not only is he a murderer, but he's a liar. Can I ask you a question? Are you living a lie? He's a liar. We want certain things to be true. Myths. That's all it is. He says they will accumulate teachers for themselves who will what? Who will what? Tickle their ears with lies. He says, no, listen, and that's how apathy comes in. You're living according to a lie. The lie is more attractive than the truth. Oh, I wish I had somebody tonight. He says he speaks from his own nature, for he is a liar. And the what? You want to know who initiated lying? Say, when you lie, you show your nature. Now, I don't say we, we've all told a lie, okay? But here's the thing. If it's a practice, that's the difference. Go on to the next verse. But because I speak the truth, you do not what? <laughs> Why? Because what? Verse 46. Which one of you convicts me of sin? If I speak the truth, why do you not believe me? Because what? A lie, is, a, people will be, believe a lie over what? Over the truth any day. You know why? Because they can't handle the truth. Or they don't want the truth. Because they're at the place right now where they say, I done tried that. I done tried 15 diets. It hadn't worked for me. <laughs> this is just something else that's a fad. Come on. He who is of God, this is what I want to show you right here. This is how you know whether or not you are of God or if you're living in apathy. Why are, not, why are most people not attractive to, attracted to the word anymore? All right, I understand what he said. Because what? Because they, they found an alternative. What's the alternative? 
miss. Teachers who will uh, teach. If you read the text, it says teach what? According to their what? Their own desire. That makes me feel good. It doesn't convict me. It never reproves me. It never rebukes me. If every time I preach, you got a smile on your face, (laughs) something wrong. At some point, you have to feel some what? Conviction. What does he say there? What does he say? He who what? See, here's how you know who's of God. You say, well, I want to know who, if this person is really of God, right? Because people can fool you. Come on, somebody. Do you know people can fool you? They can fool you into believing that they are the real deal. But the Bible is very clear. The Bible says he who is of God. What does he do, y'all? Listen, the fact that you're sitting here tonight. Come on. Come on. Clear picture. That you are what? Of God. You may not understand everything. You're like, I don't understand. That's why you have a teacher. And if you keep coming, guess what's going to happen? We're going to break it down. We're going to break it down where even a young child could understand. Amen. She reminds me of stuff I taught years ago. Because it's broken down in such a way where you can understand it. Stop looking for deep. And let's major on what? The minors before we go to the majors. You know what I'm saying? We want deep. Tell me what's deep, deep is deep. I got all this deep theology, right? And guess what? I'm still broke down. Apathy is in my heart. Because I don't care anymore. I don't care. Don't ever get to that place. Remember what I said last week? Start caring for yourself. How you look. Come on, somebody. Your health. Don't just walk around saying, man, this is it for me. If that didn't work, try something else. Listen, try what works for you. Listen, biking may not work for you. Walking may not work for you, but it may work for me. Find something you like and put some time into it, just like you put some time in the Word, and guess what's going to happen? You're going to start building spiritual muscles care about you. I see parents do this all the time. They care so much about their kids that they neglect themselves. Come on, somebody. Amen. Watch what it says. He who is of God does what? Hears the words of God. For this reason, you do not what? Hear them because what? Man, Jesus called them out, didn't he? Jesus said, hey, you ain't of God. Because if you were of God, you would hear what? Hear my words. Go on to the next verse. Verse 48, he says what? And Jesus answered and said to them, do, do, I'm sorry, the Jews answered and said to him, do we not say rightly that you are of a Samaritan and have a what? Now they want to say he's a Samaritan and have a demon in him. What did Jesus say? Huh? He told them, huh? What did he say? He says, I do not have a demon, but I honor my father, and you what? Dishonor me. Isn't that something? He says, and you what? You, what verse is that? You dishonor me. Go on to verse uh, 50. It says, but I do not seek my glory. There's one who seeks and judges. Truly, truly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word... Listen, may I say this to you? Do you know what that means? means When you close your eyes, we're going to miss you. But I am sure in my heart, those of you who've been faithful to God, who've been here week after week, month after month, year after year, let me tell you something to you. Your deeds will follow you. 
but you will never taste the sting of death. Never. For the unbeliever now, see? And then the question is tonight, how do you know? <laughs> see? I don't, we won't see death. We will fall asleep. Eternal life. Amen? The Bible is very plain and it condemns apathy and neglect. First of all, we saw them neglecting the word, but let's go to Judges. In the book of Judges, we find that they were neglecting their duties. When you neglect your duties to God, it's because possibly you, are, you, you possess a what kind of spirit? An apathetic spirit. All right, the book of Judges was described a time where the leaders of Israel had from the time of the elders who outlived Joshua uh, until that time, uh, God put judges in place. All right, Judges chapter 5 and verse 23. Now, let's back up for a minute to verse 19. This is a song of Deborah. And we find here, it says, The kings came forth and fought the kings of what? Canaan. At Tanach, near the waters of the Megiddo. <laughs> the ghetto. They took no plunder in silver. The stars fought from heaven. From their course, they fought against Sassira. The torrent of Kishon swept them away, the ancient torrent and the torrent of Kishon. Oh, my soul, march on with strength. Now, remember, this is a song, okay? The horse's hoofs beat from the what? Dashing, the dashing of his what? Valiant steed. Curse. Moraz, said the angel of the Lord, utterly curse its inhabitants. Why? Because they did not what? They did not what? The, watch this, to help, to the help of the Lord against the what? The warriors. First of all, they neglected their duties. When, when, when we neglect serving, when we neglect our duties to God, it's apathy. And God holds that, amen, against us. And so we must serve God out of love. And if you're going to serve God, don't ever do it with an attitude, y'all. Are you with me? Go to Isaiah 32 and 9. Isaiah 32 and 9. You complacent daughters. See that? Within a year and a few days, you will be what? Troubled. Oh, what? Complacent. So what is, real, what is apathy? Complacency. Are you complacent in any areas of your life right now? <laughs> well, you just like, yeah, whatever. Oh, I'll do it tomorrow. Oh, I'll put it off. And I'll keep putting it off. And I keep putting it off. Listen, and here's the thing. The one thing I want to share with, with us tonight, we can't live like that and be a good steward. If you and I keep putting things off, when will it ever change for us? Do I have anybody tonight? He says, you complacent daughters. For the what? For the vintage is ended. And the fruit gathering will not what? Come. You know why the fruit gathering will not come? Now, he's using a metaphor here 
Why will fruit gathering not come? Because they were not diligent at the harvest, at the, at the sowing time. If you don't sow, how can you reap? If you sit back and say, oh, no, nah, not me. If you keep saying, no, nah, I'll do it next week or next year or next month, or, and you keep putting off what's inevitable, you and I can live a very complacent life. And I want to say something. This enemy comes, and listen, it will get you this way with entertainment. Amen. With all kinds of worldly things, attraction, to get you to be distracted from what's important. Do I have anybody tonight? What happened here, they were at ease and they had become careless. That's what complacency means. Carelessness. I don't care how I look today. <laughs> you know what? I'm just going like this. <laughs> oh, I don't think you heard me, man. Amen. At some point, we have to start caring. Or else complacency or else apathy will set in. Amen. Go to, go to uh, Jeremiah 48 and 10. Jeremiah 48 and 10. What, what does the text say? Now, I want to I wanna, wanna, wanna just emphasize something here. First of all, you've been called by God, but you've been called to serve. And let me say this to you. If any of you in this church tonight have been given a responsibility, ouch, And you don't do it with diligence. The Bible declares that you're cursed. Now, I understand this is the Old Testament. And yet we're under grace. But here's the thing. If we don't do the Lord's work as he asks us to do it, we will fall under that curse. Look what it says. Cursed be the one who does the Lord's work. What? Negligently. And cursed be the one who what? Restrains his sword from what? From blood. In other words, holding back. <laughs> we must do the Lord's work with diligence. Whatever the Lord has called us to do, we do it, and we do it with love. We do it with, 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 with such love for him that it brings glory to him. Listen, if you're struggling on your job, he says the remedy, that problem, you know how you remedy that problem? He says, do it as if you're doing it for me. But for some reason, we can't contextualize that in our minds so when you go to work and you just give them half of you, half of you, but they give you a whole check. But when we do the Lord's work and we do it negligently, with what? With apathy. He says, curse be that one. Do I need to say anything about that? That is the person who is neglecting their duties. What duties have God given you to do? Don't let apathy set in where you stop doing it the right way. Amen? Amen. Go to uh, Amos. Not the cookie man. See, I knew that's what y'all were thinking. Some of you probably never even been in Amos before. Amen. Amos chapter 6. Go to verse 1. Somebody read that for me. Whenever you see woe in the Bible, you better pay attention. <laughs> woe means something. Woe to those who are at what? 
Huh? Who are at what? Ease. Be careful of prosperity. Remember what David said? In my prosperity, I said I shall not be moved. Be careful of ease. What does he say? Keep reading. In the what? In the mountain of what? Samaria. Notice what he's saying. Be careful. Don't listen. Or let me help you with this. When prosperity, and I, you know I've, I've, I've been saying this through the series I'm in. But when prosperity comes and when all the suffering you were going through and all that stuff and all the trials over, don't become complacent. It can happen. Oh, I don't need Bible study tonight. Oh, I don't need Sunday. Oh, I can miss this Sunday. It'll be all right. Let me tell you something. If you really start eating this food right here, oh, something's going to happen to you. But you'll understand that it's not, watch this, to put you at ease. It's to empower you to live a victorious life. Come on, somebody. Watch this. Watch what he says. Kalna. Go over to Kalna and look. And go from there to Hamath the Great. Then go down to Gath the Philistine. I'm in verse 2. Are they better than these kingdoms? Or is their territory greater than yours? See what he's saying to them? What the writer is saying is, Go over there and compare yourself and ask yourself a question. Are they better off than you? And oftentimes we think that the world has more than us, but they don't. God is saying, look at them. Look at them for real. Pay attention. Watch this. Do you put off, what, the day of calamity? What else? And would you what? Bring near the seat of violence. Those who recline on beds of what? <laughs> and what? Sprout out on their and eat lambs from the flock and what? Calves from the midst of the stall. Who what? Impoverish. I'm sorry, who improvise to the sound of the what? Harp and like David have composed songs for themselves. Who, you see apathy? You see apathy falling in? Amen. I don't need to go to church. I can sit here and watch it from home. Amen. And while I'm watching, let me drink me some wine. <laughs> I'm having communion. <laughs> let me give my own communion at home. Y'all ain't trying to hear me. When apathy sets in, you ain't, you, church, church becomes, look at it, look around, y'all. Just look around tonight. Ease. Listen, we serve a job that in the end, guess what it's going to do for us? Come on, somebody. They're going to move on. And all they provided, which all God provided was for your what? For your well-being. But what about your spiritual life? Are you willing to compromise that for a few dollars? And even if you have, listen, I want to tell you something. When I worked my job, and even if I was late, I showed up. You know why? Because I believe that's the part the Lord wanted me to get. Hello, somebody. And I want to say to somebody here tonight, you got to be careful that you don't slip into ease. Your money is funny right now. So you figure, well, if I go to church, it'll get better. And it will get better. But my question is, when it gets better, what you going to do? What you going to do, boo? What you going to do? Are you going to become like them? Watch this text. Watch the text. Watch what he says. Where we at? What verse is that? Verse 6. Oh, yeah. Oh, who drink wine from the what? Sacrificial bowl while they anoint themselves with what? The finest of alls, come on somebody, went to Victoria's Secret. Yet they gave, yet they have not what? Grieved over the ruin of what? Joseph. 
Therefore, they will now go into what? At the head of the exiles. And what? The sprawlers banqueting will pass what? Away. The Lord God has sworn by himself. The Lord God of hosts has declared, I loathe the ignorance of what? Jacob's and Jacob and I detest the what? His citadels. Therefore, I will deliver him up the city and all it contains. So what does it say? God what? Despises it. Saints, don't let it set in on you. Don't let, listen, we allow the problems in our lives, we worship our problems. That's what we do. We worship them. All problem is a worship problem. Because if you were worshiping God, you wouldn't see your problem, you'd see him. And after he brings you out, guess what you're going to do? You're going to give him glory. You're going to show your gratitude. And you will be grateful. You got it? Amen. James chapter 2 verse 14 and we're going to stop right here. James chapter 2 verse 14. My favorite book. What use is it, my brethren, if someone says he has faith, but he has no what? Can that faith save him? See that? If a brother or sister is without clothing and in need of daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and be filled, and yet do not give them what is necessary for their body, what use is it? Verse 17, so even so faith if it has no what, is what? Being what? By itself. A lot of people keep saying, I got faith. But they don't, their faith does not accompany anything. Because they have become complacent. Amen. Give God a hand clap of praise tonight.